This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marquise. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. Also joining us today, former uh, Washington Capitol, Leapin' Lou Franceschetti, former Toronto Maple Leaf as well. Lewis, how are you this morning? Good morning, gentlemen. Everything's well here. Yeah, well, certainly everything's well on on this side of the uh, of the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, you know, the big focus of the world this uh, this particular week is the events over in the Ukraine. Um, we generally don't talk much politics on this on this show, but there's a sporting angle to that, and uh, we'll certainly will uh, we'll try and take an opportunity to talk about that at some point in the show. Uh, we've got Butch Carter coming on middle of the show. That may be an opportunity to talk to. Uh, we'll get a little roundtable between the four of us. Uh, spend a few minutes talking about the impact uh, on the sporting world of the uh, dramatic events going on in the Ukraine. And I will just say our thoughts and prayers are with the people of the Ukraine in this difficult time. And uh, we'll bring it a little bit closer to home now. We've got Harry Neal coming on the show. We've got the Toronto uh, uh, Maple Leafs uh, in in uh, in the throes of a, a playoff race. They are going to make the playoffs. That's pretty obvious as the eight teams in the Eastern Conference are pretty well selected. We're going to spend the rest of the schedule trying to figure out where everybody's going to fit in the mix. Right now, as we look at the standings, gentlemen, uh, we're, uh, I believe, uh, five points back to Florida with two games in hand, and we're a couple of games back to Tampa, but they've got a game in hand on us. And I, I think, think we're both... three, three, three back to Florida, Wally. Uh, three back? Okay, thanks yeah. for correcting me, Naz. Um and uh, but uh, a couple of uh, games in hand, I believe, and we'll see how Leafs are in the throws. They could finish first. They could finish fourth because they got Boston behind them, um, five or six points. Not exactly sure. But uh, last night, Nas, uh, I call it. I read the reports this morning. They're calling it a throwback game. If uh, you know, if you had been watching that one on Leafs TV, uh, <laughs> you'd have thought you were. It reminded me of the old days when Edmonton played the Leafs and they won 11 8. I, I think since and you Mary had Rick Vibe. Vi- four goals. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I think since you had Rick Vibe on the show last Sunday, the Leafs decided to do a 1980s throwback game last night. The only thing they were missing was Murslav Freecher. 10 to 7. Who would have thunk it? Uh, 7 to lead going into the second intermission. I always thought the 4 1 leads weren't safe. Nas, now i got to worry that the 7 to 2 leads aren't the safe. The 5 goal uh, leads aren't safe anymore. <laughs> Anyways, I guess the bright spot of last night's game. I want to get Lou involved. Uh, uh, I guess the bright part of last night's game. They uh, they got the the proverbial noose tied around their collar at seven six, but they fought back and they uh, 
Uh, they squeaked it out. I wouldn't have squeaked it out, but ten to seven. Uh, who would have thunk it, uh, Lou? Uh, your reaction to last night's game? Uh, yeah, I would think it was uh, 1980 style with uh, us playing the, the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> but again, at the end of the day, they uh, they persevered. Uh, just when Detroit got close, they came back and uh, shut her down. Uh, got a couple more goals. Uh, the the regular concerns are going to be there, as we all know that this team is not going to be uh, judged by the regular season, but by the uh, playoffs. They still have Tampa and Florida, the two teams that they have to catch uh, coming up. Uh, like they have a they play each team or both teams. I think five, four or five times in the next uh, six to seven weeks uh, before the season ends. Uh, the goaltending, uh, again, where is the goaltending? And uh, I think there's another major concern here, uh, guys. Where was John Tavares last night? Hmm. Out of 10 goals, uh, I don't think he had one point. No, he didn't have one point. And, uh, and, and that's, usually, that's... Uh, we know Matthews, Nylander, and, uh, and Bunty have had a hell of a game. Yep. But they always need that secondary scoring in a game like this, and uh, I was just curious on on where he where he was and where he has been for the last number of games. I'm wondering his health is there. His <laughs> injury in the playoffs last year pretty bad. I'm just wondering if he's he's hurt. Uh, I think like that's a really good. You know? Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Naz. Uh, you know, you never know. I mean, they you, you never know what the current health situation is of a, of a player. Um, you know, they. You know, sometimes they'll tell you they have an upper body injury, a lower body injury. I'm not hearing anything specific about John Tavares, but he's, he certainly seems a bit off. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. And Neenlander was uh, was firing on all cylinders earlier on, uh, not so much anymore. Uh, there's discussions um, uh, about uh, what Dubas is going to do with the trade deadline, and you know the the, the, t- the two areas of concern. Um, and what they are talking about, what the Leafs, what Dubas should be concentrating on, is he going to go after a top six forward? And the thought process there is uh, taking uh, Kerfoot off, uh, Alex Kerfoot off the line with Nylander and Tavares and maybe finding somebody else, maybe a guy like Joe Pavelski, whose name has come up, or, or do you go after a defenseman? And... Um, you know, I think you need both. I'm not so sure what what uh, if you can get both. Uh, you know, you got to trade some assets. Do it um, with Muzzin out on long term injury reserve. Um, you know, Riley last night. I don't think he, you know minus two in a game where you know ten ten goals, and I don't think he got a point. Lilligren, Sandine, uh, you know, whole Dermot. Um, um, I, I think I think we're we're you know we're getting back to the same you know we 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 go around in circles with this particular topic of discussion and you know in a game like I mean uh, I mean I'll wrap up my point really quickly here then turn it over to you guys. Uh, thank God the Leafs won last night's game because we can laugh about it uh, in a certain sense. But they if they had a loss last night's game, eight to seven. God only knows the discussion we'd be having this morning. So, uh, Naz, um, we're happy at least one last night, but a game like that just brings really to the fore 
all our dramatic concerns about this team and going forward into the playoffs. The, uh, the, the, the top six forward you want, the defense that's lacks depth and goaltending that I don't want to use the word questionable, but um, it hasn't been as good lately as it was earlier in the season. Um, Naz, I think there's, there's cause for concern, isn't there? Naz, you still there? I'm worried about their goaltending, yeah. for sure. They're, they're, they're not there, and I mentioned that on the show a few weeks ago. It was starting to bother me, and it's bothering me even more. The goaltending is not solid, and uh, they, the way they're playing, they're going to be out the first round, the way they're going. Oh, that, there's no question about that. But, you know, and then, and then you know, you know, it's a long season. You get, you get these um, inconsistent performances. But, you know, look, uh, Lou, look at the performance they had Thursday night. Completely and utterly different against a really good team. Minnesota Wild are a really good structured team. And the Leafs played a very good structured, boring game. And they won 3-1. to one. Um you know, so you know, it's it's not 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 all the news is negative. Um, you know, I mean, it's it, you know, and it's a long season. You're good, you're going to get performances like this. Uh, so uh, we we we've said it from time to time on the show. Let's not get wrapped up and uh, jump the ship over one performance. Like I said, <laughs> we, we're, we're laughing a little bit because they won last night's game, but you know, Thursday night's game was totally different. Lou, so every now and then the Leafs show that they can play a playoff type of game. Uh, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> hockey, like every other sport, it, it, it's a very funny game. Um, and I, I think you're allowed probably three or four uh, bonehead games like, like you did last night. The good thing about it is that they did come up on the winning side of it. Um, and at, at the end of the day, this team is going to be measured by, by what they do in, in the playoffs. And uh, Thursday's game was was as boring as a as a snooze fest, uh, but you got to look at they they rose to the comp uh, to the competition because Minnesota plays that kind of game, uh, and they kept it close and they got great goaltending and they really took care of detail in their own zone. Uh, and last night you got to look at their opponent, the Detroit Red Wings, very weak on defense, very weak uh, in in goal and. It just seemed like everything that they put on net went uh, went through the goalie, and vice versa. Everything that the Red Wings put on net in the third period uh, went through the goalie. So it, it's something that you could get worried about. But guys, let's let's put it behind us. Uh, they're going down the home stretch right now in the month of March and in December. Uh, if they don't clean things up, they're going to be in big time trouble because. Again, you brought up. You look at the schedule, or even the standings. They could be. In, they could end up being a wild card team, and they might have to cross uh, and play the uh, the Carolina the Hurricanes on the other side, who play a very, very structured, hard uh, four check game. And it could be a completely different uh, ball game than playing uh, Tampa, uh, Florida, or even Boston right now, who's a few points behind them because. It seems like that division is probably the best division in hockey. Uh, certainly, uh, uh, certainly seems that way. Anyways, on that note, we're going to continue our hockey conversation, and uh, who better than to do that with than Hockey Hall of Fame broadcaster uh, Harry Neal. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville asked... 
Do you want to meet the hot Hawaiian of your dreams? This hot Hawaiian is slathered in bacon, red onion, spicy sausage, pineapple and hot banana peppers. A large thin crust is just $16.99. One bite and you'll say, Lew, wow! You might even get a lay on the beach. Call Pizzaville at pound 3636 on your cell phone. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. We all value our sporting heroes. But what price would you put on one in mint condition? If you ask us, you'll get an honest answer. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise is looking to buy your vintage collection of hockey, basketball, baseball, football, and soccer heroes. Come and see us in person at our new Toronto Mint Inc. Gallery, now open at 198 Davenport, east of Avenue Road, or visit our store online at mintink.ca. Show us what you got, and we'll show you the money. Think Mint Inc. To become a champion in business, it takes coaching, training, and bench strength. And every team needs a skilled player like KPMG Enterprise for private companies. KPMG Enterprise helps entrepreneurs and family businesses grow, strengthen, and transition by offering a full suite of services, including audit, accounting, tax, and advisory. Your business doesn't stand still. It evolves. Team up with a winner. Visit kpmg.ca slash enterprise. Let's do this. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Uh, joining me is this morning, Lou Franceschetti. Uh, we've been just told by my producer, uh, we're just queuing up Harry Neal. He'll be with us very, very shortly. And uh, uh, Owen, when you have Harry on the line, just pop me a note and uh, we'll get uh, we'll get Harry on the show. Let's uh, talk about the Leafs. Uh, of, uh, we've talked about uh, top six forward. We've talked about a defenseman. Uh, Goaltending has been a concern. I'm not so sure we're going to do anything at the trade deadline when it comes to goaltending. Um, where where does Dubas look? What's his what's his uh, what's his focus? What's his priority, Lou? Uh, you know. I- I would think probably a, a top four defenseman with uh, with Muzzin's situation, but again they they went public uh, yesterday or the day before saying that uh, they're not going to sit Muzzin out for the whole year. So every move that they make uh, right now is going to be salary restricted, and also uh, one of the bits of information that they, that came out was that they're not going to give up a first or second round pick uh, next year in the draft for the acquisition that they're going to ha- uh, get. So I really don't know what they have uh, as an asset. So I know they, there's talk that uh, Travis Dermott is going to be part of a deal. Uh, and maybe some of the young kids that are down in the, uh, with the Marlies. But I really don't uh, know where they're going to get a quality player uh, that's going to do that one, role. But on, on that note, uh, 
We're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour Hockey Hall of Fame Brad Caster, Harry Neal. Harry, how are you this morning? Pretty good. How are you? We're doing great. Thanks so much for joining us, Harry. We haven't chatted in a while, and uh, we always like to get your uh, your insights. Uh, of course, the always the cheap topic of conversation on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on a Sunday morning is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Harry, uh, an interesting game last night. They are calling it a 1980s throwback, 10-7. to 7. Uh, It's been a long time since we've seen that much firepower in a game. Uh, Mitch Marner, four goals, natural hat-trick, six points. Uh, you know, uh, looked like a 1980s game, and the only thing that was missing was Bob Cole and Harry Neal doing the game. But uh, your reaction to last night's game, Harry? Um, when, I looked at the, when I looked at the score, I thought it was the Toronto Argonauts. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, certainly uh, you don't see those types of games happen. No. But uh, if you're a Toronto Maple Leaf fan this morning, how do you how do you react to that type of performance, knowing you know the playoffs are coming up in uh, in the in the near future? Well, get the two points. Never mind whether you win one nothing or ten nothing. <laughs> so that yeah, puts them uh, still on a race for first in their division. And uh, they did it the, the hard way, sort of, by being ahead and looked like the game was over. And the next thing you know, it's a, a close game, and they had to get a couple more goals to make sure they won. Certainly, that's a you know, there's no question. If you take two points, uh, that's that's what you that's the way you put the put the sweater on is, is for the two points. Harry, we haven't really chatted this season. Uh, we'd like to uh, you know, our listenership would appreciate your thoughts on uh, your assessment of the Toronto Maple Leafs so far this year, uh, good and bad, and uh, what uh, what uh, what you anticipate uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs should be doing at the trading deadline, Harry. Well, I'm not aware of their budget situation, so it's kind of hard to say. If in the old days you used to be able to trade anybody because there were, no one was making the kind of money they're making now, and they didn't have the salary cap, so they they probably would like to solidify their their the depth of their lineup a little bit uh, at forward for sure. But uh, I don't. If they say they're not going to give up any draft picks. It's not that their draft picks are going to be uh, well sought after because they're going to be in the high 20s probably, uh, unless they, so they don't have a first round pick. They'll probably be 25 overall, and you, you know you a lot of the draft picks that you pick after the first eight or ten, uh, they're prospects, but sometimes they more often than not they become suspects. Lou, I'll turn it over to you. Uh, you're, you're probably right, Harry. Uh, again, we know the way the game is, uh, uh, but it's a little different uh, world right now with uh, with salary cap structures and, and the, the players that we bring in. And, and back then, uh, the teams uh, owned the players pretty much till the age of 31, so nobody was really going anywhere because there wasn't that the contracts really uh, weren't that high. But w- one thing, um, let, let's get to the Buffalo Sabres since you're in Buffalo right now. Uh, where where is their game evolving? Uh, I see most of the games are up and down. Uh, you're going to get your discrepancy from uh, good games and, and bad games, but uh, they've looked like they've stabilized a lot of the front office stuff. Uh, and where's their game heading 
down a stretch now that they're, they're going to play the Leafs in uh, the last six weeks of the season. Well, they've used six goaltenders, so that pretty well tells you where they really need some guy who can play 45 to 55 games and give them a solid effort almost every night. Uh, they've had a lot of injuries, but that's no excuse because they're not the only team in that boat. Uh, I think they could use a, another defenseman. Uh, although most teams could say that. They're, but they are an improved team if you look at the young half of the team. They don't have a lot of guys who are veterans who are piling up the stats that some of the younger guys are. And I haven't seen a lot of the players that are playing in college or junior or in Europe uh, that they already own the rights to. But if you, really, if, you, if you believe the paper, if you believe the scouts that on other teams, they have a half a dozen guys that are going to, I'm not saying they're all going to make the team next year, but they're going to press somebody to be better in order for them to have to go to Rochester. So as you look ahead, I think you could be very positive of where they're going. But, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the people they think are going to be able to come out of the league that they're in now and do a job in the NHL, especially right away, uh, a lot of them can't quite do it, and they got to go and play in the American League for a while. But I like their future, but I don't like their present. And we're talking to Harry Neal. Harry, if we go around the league, um, you know, there's uh, teams that seem to be in the upper echelon, certainly so far, Florida, Tampa, Carolina, you know, there's Rangers. You look at the other side, there's Colorado, there's uh, St. Louis, you know, some other teams. Um, any surprises this year? Harry, if you were to pick, uh, um, you know, three, four teams uh, that you think will be standing at the end of better teams in uh, in that uh, in, around the league, what's your assessment? Well, it's hard to believe that Colorado is not the best team in the league by the number of points they've got, and uh, Denver's a tough place to play when you're playing a team as quick as Colorado with that thin air. So I say they're the best-looking team in the league at the moment. But uh, And if you look at the other divisions, no one's anywhere near. Florida's got 75 points. Carolina's got 76. Colorado's got 80. And, uh, you know, to, to, to be sure of your pick to win the Stanley Cup, you gotta be you got to be lucky because it could be any one of four or five teams, including the ones I just mentioned. And then there's always a team... It comes into it and plays in the playoffs, but way better than they played during the season. Las Vegas last year was a good example of that. And every year there's some a team that just makes the playoffs and uh, doesn't look like they're going to have a heck of a good chance of going very far. And the next thing you know, they're playing in the third or fourth round. Where do you assess the Toronto Maple Leafs in the, in the, in the thick of it, uh, Harry? Are they uh, the top five team in the league? Top three? Where do you where do you where do you rank them? I'd say they're in the top five. Some nights they look like they're as good as anybody, and other nights they don't look like they're in the top five. And consistency and goals against have been a problem for them. They've got a real good offensive team, and they've made some good moves to strengthen some areas that they weren't strong in the last couple of years. And they still might do that when the trade deadline shows up. But I like them, and I think they could be a team that could win the Stanley Cup but I'm not going to say that they're going to, but I'm not going to say they're not going to because they're one of about five teams that, uh, that could do it, and it wouldn't be a big surprise, 
although it might be a nice one to, to yeah. suffer through. Well, you certainly, in those comments, uh, Harry, you made a lot of Toronto Maple Leafs fans feel a lot better about our prospects. Uh, Lou, turn it over to you. Uh, yeah, I, I would say they're probably, well, there's, is there really that much difference between the top five and top top eight? There's, there's probably legitimately uh, four teams in each uh, in each conference that, that can go to the finals and uh, and win it all. Um, you're always going to have one dark horse team like the Montreal Canadiens did last year, coming out of nowhere and, and getting to the finals. Uh, in the East, uh, I really like Calgary and, and, and Colorado right now. Uh, but you never know. You know, there's, there's a team like Minnesota out there, uh, Vegas. Uh, when they get all their players back, how are they going to handle everything? So it, I would say, you know, it, it's wide open right now. Uh, and the Leafs probably have as good a chance as anybody. Uh, and then you got to look at the, uh, the the small tweaks that each team that's contending is going to make between now and the, the trade deadline to improve their chances. Um, yeah, there's no Harry, doubt about that, and every team's got an area they'd like to improve in, uh, even though they're well up in the standings. And when the odds come out, there'll be the odds will be in their favor with the possibility of winning the cup. So the playoffs are going to be really—they always are interesting, obviously. But I think this year there are more teams that aren't that are going to go a ways into the playoffs that uh, it will be impossible to pick the ones that are going to and the ones that are going to get upset early. But early upsets could happen more often this year than last year because the teams that didn't make it uh, just make it. They're they're pretty good hockey teams, and you know how healthy are the teams coming in, and uh, that's a big problem this year for sure. Whether it's the COVID they're getting or whether they're getting hurt playing hockey, so uh, a healthy team is a uh, among the good ones is a real uh, plus, but. Uh, uh, it's hard to predict. I mean, I look at the standings every day, and I'm always saying, geez, that team's better than I thought, or that team's not as good as I thought. But just get in the playoffs. So you're in the horse race, and you know as well as I do in horse racing, once the gate opens, <laughs> who the hell knows who's going to win, and that's going to be the NHL playoffs this year. Yeah, there's no, there's no question. There isn't much that separates the teams in first place than the from the teams in eighth place right now, especially in the Eastern Conference. Uh, right, uh, anything can happen, and there's not going to be any easy matchups. Doesn't matter where you finish. You can finish first. Doesn't matter. Uh, nothing's going to come easy this year. Uh, uh, Harry, before we let you go, there's one, uh, when there's one Harry Neal saying that uh, uh, we always chat about. Uh, and I'd like your comments uh, with reference to Maple Leafs. Harry Neal's line is, your best players have to be your best players. And certainly the last little while, uh, when you talk about Mitch Marner, uh, Michael Bunting, and Austin Matthews, especially Marner and Matthews, uh, they're playing at an all-world level uh, right now. Uh, Austin Matthews leading the league. Uh, Marner's turned his game around uh your, your comments, uh, Matthew's now being discussed in the MVP uh, uh, conversation, the Hart Trophy conversation. I think he deserves it. Uh, your comments on that, Harry? Well, there's no question about the fact that he's going to be the Hart Trophy winner or he's going to come in second or third and be close in the voting. That's a very difficult trophy to to win, and it, uh, I don't think anyone's been any better on their team than Matthews, but 
if you talk to five general managers, they'd say, well, what about our guy? What about this guy? And so it's going to be a toss-up. No one's going to win easy, but he's a candidate. If he keeps going the way he's going, and there's no reason to think he isn't, uh, he, he could take a team like Toronto not only well into the playoffs, but a long time in the playoffs. And I know the Hart Trophy's not given to playoff production, but he'd get one of my votes. But if you had a point of the gun at my forehead, I'd have to give you four other guys that got a chance. Yeah, certainly, and uh, we still got uh, still got some hockey to play the rest of the regular season. So that will be an interesting, interesting discussion as we move forward. Harry, you know how much we appreciate you joining us on a Sunday morning. Uh, we're happy to hear you're doing great. Thanks so much for joining us and uh, sharing your your passion and your insights with us as always. Uh, very, very sincerely, thank you so much, Harry. Well, I'm getting pretty old, so to ask me about the 10 o'clock games, I, I'm not as sharp as I used to be. <laughs> hey, listen, that's becoming, that's becoming a problem for all of us, Harry. Uh, oh, thanks, boy, thanks. You're not, I can only imagine the, uh, <laughs> having to go to the West Coast. It was always a bit of a problem, but there are more teams out there now, and when you go, you got to stay longer. And So I, the, I can't wait for the playoffs to start because it's going to be a, uh, a rat race of teams and once you're in the playoffs, you've got a chance of winning. I don't care what you say. You can ask any team, any coach in the league will tell you, get me in the playoffs and we'll see what we can do. We'll see what Health happens. is one reason that could eliminate teams that you thought might do well. Yeah, uh, certainly on that note. Harry, we'll, uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks so much for joining us. All right, my pleasure. Harry Neal, Hall of Fame broadcaster. Uh, we're going to go to break, and right after the break... Uh, former Toronto Raptors coach Coach Carter. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville asked, Do you want to meet the hot Hawaiian of your dreams? This hot Hawaiian is slathered in bacon, red onion, spicy sausage, pineapple and hot banana peppers. A large thin crust is just $16.99. One bite and you'll say, Lou, wow! You might even get a lay on the beach. Call Pizzaville at pound 3636 on your cell phone. To become a champion in business, it takes coaching, training, and bench strength. And every team needs a skilled player like KPMG Enterprise for private companies. KPMG Enterprise helps entrepreneurs and family businesses grow, strengthen, and transition by offering a full suite of services, including audit, accounting, tax, and advisory. Your business doesn't stand still. It evolves. Team up with a winner. Visit kpmg.ca slash enterprise. Let's do this. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. We all value our sporting heroes. But what price would you put on one in mint condition? If you ask us, you'll get an honest answer. 
Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise is looking to buy your vintage collection of hockey, basketball, baseball, football, and soccer heroes. Come and see us in person at our new Toronto Mint Inc. Gallery, now open at 198 Davenport, east of Avenue Road, or visit our store online at mintink.ca. Show us what you got, and we'll show you the money. Think Mint Inc. Last minute of play in the game. Unlike sports, the outcome of palliative care isn't determined in the dying seconds. Physically, socially, and spiritually, palliative care is giving someone the best quality of life for however long life remains, while supporting their loved ones. All services are free of charge with partial government funding. The need for palliative care is great. Making an impact is the newly opened Hospice Vaughn Mario and Nick Cordellucci Hospice Palliative Care Center of Excellence. A truly amazing 10-bed residence, the first palliative care hub in Vaughn. If you share the belief that everyone deserves to live until they die, get involved. Volunteer your time or donate to hospicevaughn.com. We are for community, by community. And together, we are here to serve. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on the new AM740, also in Toronto, 96.7 FM, and live streaming on the internet, www.zoomerradio.ca. We're pleased to welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, former Raptors coach, Butch Carter. Good morning, Butch. How are you this morning? Good morning, guys. How's the group doing? We're doing great. Thanks so much. We just had a spirited uh, Toronto Maple Leafs discussion, and uh, we're going to have uh, we're going to have a chance to talk some basketball with you. But before we uh, before we go to basketball, Butch, uh, I just want to go around a little roundtable between the four of us. Uh, just everybody's reaction uh, to what's going on on the other side of the world, and more so from a sporting perspective, uh, what how the sporting world should react. Um, a lot of things have happened over in the Ukraine. Ukraine, obviously, we've been watching CNN and uh, CBC, BBC, whatever you watch. Um, I think we're all in agreement that what is transpiring over there um, is, uh, for lack of a better term, shouldn't be happening. The Ukrainian people are having to deal with a war, an unprovoked war. The sporting world is starting to react. Uh, UEFA has canceled or moved the UEFA championship from St. Petersburg. The Formula One has moved a race from Sochi, Russia. The International Hockey Federation is talking about canceling or taking Russia away from the World Juniors later this year and from the World Championship. Sweden, Polish, Poland, and the Czech Republic have said they will refuse to play Russia in World Cup qualifiers. Wayne Gretzky stepped into it and said Russia should be banned from international hockey events. The International Olympic Committee has urged sports bodies to cancel or move all events they plan to hold in Russia and Belarus and stop using their anthems. The sporting world is starting to step up. Um, And then the focus of attention turned on Alex Ovechkin. Everybody was waiting for a response from him. I don't know if that was fair or unfair. I don't know why we... uh, want to necessarily pick on him if that perhaps is the wrong word but that all goes to his support of vladimir putin uh gentlemen 
Uh, Butch, you've just come on the show. I'll ask you to react first. I want to go around the round table. Should the sporting world be banning Russia from international sporting competitions at this time? Will it accomplish anything? And is it just, and who are we penalizing? Butch, your thoughts well, on I mean, that? It, <clears throat> look, to start with, you, you should stop doing sporting events in Russia, definitely, because you don't know if this thing's going to escalate overnight. And then you've got athletes stuck in Russia that, you know, it could, this thing could escalate at any time. Uh, you have a narcissistic person um, who's decided that at his stage of life, <clears throat> let me go grab Ukraine back and be right at NATO's border. Um, so, Absolutely, the sporting world should react. They should definitely not try to put anyone in, in harm's way. You know, Vetskin, I felt I felt bad for him. He, he did. He went to bed not knowing what was going to what he's going to wake up to. I give him a lot of credit for put, standing up there on the podium. He didn't have to do that. He could have avoided it altogether. It's a tough spot, um, but again, you know, it's. Uh, if it did have to happen, I'm glad it happened now instead of Trump was still president. Um, but I don't think it's a war. Uh, when one guy's coming in with tanks and an aircraft cover and the other one's got a pop gun and Molotov cocktails, uh, eventually it will be a resistance. And I don't know what NATO can do. I don't know if they will do anything. I know they activated the 40,000 uh, emergency troops, but... It's a very, very tough spot for all human beings. Uh, Lou, before I turn it over to you, interesting. Uh, you know, it's not like this the first time we've been through this in our lifetime. If you're old enough, you remember when the Soviet Union marched into Hungary. If you're old enough, you remember when the Soviet Union marched tanks into Prague in 1968. And um, and interestingly enough, that had a hockey perspective. Um, it's the reason Yaramir Jagr always wore number 68. He was commemorating the Soviet Union marching into his Czechoslovakia, and he always wore number 68 as a proud Czech uh, to remind the world of the proud history of, of, of the Czech Republic. Um, and in, interestingly enough, after, in 1969, the Czechs and the Russians... Czechoslovakia and the Russians played in the World Championships shortly thereafter. And those were literally two wars on the ice. Uh, the most brutal hockey games, perhaps, ever seen. And the Czechs, interestingly enough, won both games in a week span. Um, your reaction, Lou, to how the sporting world should react to this? Because and there's, another, there's another opinion on these things is when you... What you do, I mean, I, I agree with Butch's comments. There should be no sporting events, international sporting events in Russia right now. Whether Russia's permitted to attend sporting events outside of Russia, at the end of the day, you're penalizing Russian athletes. And aren't we not in a battle for the soul of Russian public opinion right now? And maybe if you start banning their teams and their athletes, maybe it's counterproductive. I don't know. I, I can think about this both ways. Lou, your reaction as a hockey player. Well, uh, you know what? I, I, I'm not a political person uh, in the sense that uh, I feel for the Ukrainian people. And um, we've always known that the type of person that uh, Putin is. 
Uh, I look at the personnel uh, in the uh, KHL. They've, they've got a lot of imports. What are they going to do? Uh, are they going to walk out on their teams and go home because of uh, of what's going on? Uh, I look at all sporting events uh, with everything that that's gone over there. What that's going to go over there in the next couple of years? Uh, what do you do? Do you, do you pull out of every event until Putin leaves office? Because you really can't do anything temporarily for a year or two because you know that he's going to maybe a year or two down the road he's going to pull that switch on and he's going to pull he's going to go crazy again so it's a really a tough decision uh like what are we going to do with our the visas for russian players uh that are playing the national hockey league and and really how do you handle a russian individual even though he's not over there uh how is your relationship going to be with with the Russian people over here, uh, and let's say with as teammates uh, that that are playing together right now. So again, well, I, I'm I, not. I, uh, I feel for the Ukrainian people. I, I think Putin is. Uh, I'm not even going to use the words that uh, that I'm thinking of. It's just a bad thing right now in, in this world, especially with with everything else that's going on. Naz, uh, last comments on. Uh on this, and then uh, then we'll move on. Dominic Hasek was quoted as saying that all the NHL players should be void of their contracts. All and, the Russian uh, NHL players. Yes, should be void yeah, of their I, contracts. I, I'm not so sure I agree with that. I'll be honest with you. Maybe we'll go around the table. I know, and I, I saw that tweet from Dominic Hasek. Um, you're going to void all the uh, NHL Russian contracts. I'm, I'm like... You know, I'll give you an example. The New York Ranger, uh, uh, his name escapes, Panarin. He's been vocal in opposition. So why would you want to vote? Why would you want to avoid his contract? And you know what? The Russian players aren't responsible individually uh, for what has transpired. Although they're, you know, Alex Govechkin can be fairly criticized. I mean, he took it took a lot of guts for what he did, but he's in the past. He's made some statements that perhaps uh, in 2014, when when uh, when they stepped into Crimea, Crimea, these some statements that I've heard from some Russian journalists that was on TSN the other day that perhaps you know he can be fairly criticized for. Um, but going to uh, lose point, you know the issue of visas. The, all the NHL Russian players and international players operate on visas. Well, certainly from Russia, anyways. Um, and they get renewed on a yearly basis. So, you know, if, if the government, I, I don't think they should necessarily revoke, but the NHL will get boxed in a difficult position if if the governments revoke visas for all Russians. Then what do you do? You make an exception for the NHL players? Um, you know, that's, this will be a debate we can, you know, obviously we're at the beginning of all of this, and we'll see how it plays out. And and we'll keep an eye on how the sporting world reacts to this, and how they penalize uh, Russian federations, and how they penalize athletes, and how they draw that boundary line between penalizing Russia and penalizing their athletes. Uh, that's that's going to take a lot of wisdom to figure that one out. Uh, probably well, guys, more than we. Than we. Butch, last comment before we go to basketball. Yeah, well, they just cut the Swift off, so Russians yeah. in America can't even send money home. Yeah. So, uh, we'll, uh, certainly we'll, uh, we'll uh, continue to monitor how the sporting world reacts to this. Butch, let's move on to basketball. Uh, uh, the Raptors, uh, we, were, we were hot 
going into the going into the All-Star break. And not so good after we came out. 27-point loss to Atlanta, 32-pointer to Charlotte. Uh, what happened, Butch? I mean, the easiest word in the new NBA is load management. So, you know, guys are playing a lot of minutes. Uh, to find a rhythm, Nick had to get to his main guys and then play him a lot. Because remember, when Siakam came back, he was not playing well. And so he had to get him back in shape. Uh, that seemed to be clicking. But now uh, Siakam has a non-COVID sickness. Van Fleet's got the bad ankle. And OG is OG. He's, he looks like a stallion but breaks down often. So uh, there is no rhythm when you've got that kind of experience and it can't play for you. Um when you would define their next best player as Scotty Barnes, which I have a lot of questions about, because uh, he hasn't played extremely well versus winning teams. So um, I think Coach Nurse, as I said before, has done a great job this year with what he's had coming out of, uh, I think, a huge humiliation of taking a championship team and sending them to Tampa. Um, so, you know, I think you, they would want to play well, especially now that the crowds can come back a little bit. But I don't. I don't think uh, you can't win games without your best players being healthy. If you look at the history of great franchises, there was a five-year window where their best athletes very seldom missed a game. And uh, if this if this keeps continues, then they'll have to do more than than just keep tweaking the roster um, because. This is a failure mode on the injury side that right now it's biting them in the behind. Naz, I'll turn it over to you. But uh, LeBron James said he's going to play till he's 39. He wants to play with his son. How good is his son as a high school player? I like his son because he can really shoot. In this day and age, you can't find college players that can really shoot the basketball. Um, he, ha- he needs skill improvement. Uh, his handle is not, you know, Kyrie's type handle, but he's got a huge IQ and he can shoot the basketball. So, you know, I think that he, does he have an upside? I think anyone who is a young player that their father played in the NBA and they got some of the genes. Yeah. I think there's some upside. I mean, no one would have figured out that the Curry was going to be better than his dad. Um, but from what I see, he consistently can, can shoot the ball. Uh, he's got picture-perfect form, seems to be able to find his target. Um, size may be an issue because he may have to play point guard at 6'4". 6'4 uh, is too small to play a 2 or a 3 against the animals that are over there. But I think I think he has a chance. But no, no different than... I think Ron Harper Jr. has a chance. I watched him play last night, Rutgers versus Wisconsin. And just off name recognition, the, the league has to give him a chance. Lou? Butch, Mark Madness is around the corner. <laughs> who looks good? <laughs> uh, who do you think is more or less going to step either the forefront? <laughs> we know that Gonzaga's there, Baylor's going to be there. We got we got Kentucky. Uh, we got a couple of teams in the youth. SEC, well, they, Auburn. Um, enough, who's going to come out of this at the enough. end? Yeah, go well, ahead. 
I, I think I think Gonzaga comes out of it. I also think Texas is playing very well. Um, they're going to defend every night, and they can shoot the basketball. The car kid from from uh, Canada uh, transferred from Minnesota to Texas. Uh, they're really good. I watched the last three games of uh, Auburn. Uh, their their guard play is uh, poor at best. Uh, Kessler, I think, is uh, the best big guy in college basketball as far as pro evaluation. Uh, block shots left-handed and right-handed. Averages seven blocks a game, runs the floor. Uh, he does have a ceiling, but I like what he brings. Um, Kentucky Achilles heel for John Calipari's teams is that they don't get through the tournament because they can't consistently shoot the basketball. The best that they've ever shot the basketball that I've watched since John's been there was the Kentucky win at Kansas. Um, but they just got beat at Arkansas. Um, they beat the snot out of LSU. LSU basically quit. So, you know, I don't, uh, I don't like you know, Wisconsin is going to be a problem in the tournament because they're a low turnover team. Uh, I watched three or four of their games. I watched them beat Rutgers last night. They should not have beat Rutgers, but their ball possession in the last ten possessions was superior to Rutgers having guys jack shots up from Mars. So, you know, I would say Wisconsin, definitely. Gonzaga, definitely. I like Texas. Um, I also like Tennessee. Sure, yeah, Butch, we were we were chatting the other day. Is that we haven't paid that much attention to NCAA basketball so far this year. Is that we're in, we're entering as as Lou said, we're entering into March Madness. So I said we got we got to start keeping an eye on it. What happens last night? First time in history. This is an interesting stat. Uh, seven of the top ten ranked teams lost. On, on the same day, never happened before. Uh, Gonzaga, Arizona, Auburn, Purdue, Kansas, and Kentucky—all lost. Uh, so, it, it, if, if March has, if March madness has been madness in the past, if, if this is what we're, uh, if this is what we're going to see, this could this could be the penultimate March madness, uh, Butch. Well, I mean, clearly, you know, the, the shooting deficiency of all these teams that once they get in the tournament, uh, you know, it's really the wild, wild west. And, um, you know, you don't get a reprieve like, well, we lost this game, we'll get it the next one. So it's, sud- it's sudden death. And sudden death seems to bring a beauty out of um, young spirits. And I think you'll see, you know, especially with the fans being allowed back in, I think you'll see a very exciting, and there'll be some team. Oh, I forgot. There's one team that's a monster. That's Arizona. Arizona is very good, um, lethally good. I don't know what their regional will look like because we don't know what the bracket. But Arizona is a team also that could end up there. They are very good. The ACC is not very good. I've watched all those teams. Virginia lost their chance. Uh, Florida State has shot at the buzzer to knock them out. North Carolina State's been horrible. Carolina lost at home to Pittsburgh, unthinkable. Um, they beat Michigan at home. So I, I don't think uh, there are that many teams, but I think a lot of it has to do with lack of shooting, and I think the transfer portal has, has provided some instability in teams. 
Nez? I'm impressed with the depth of Canada's national team. They won three games in a row, but what do you think the chances of advancing there? I think the chances of advancing are good because the national team, you know, again, the problem has always been getting everyone to unite and the fact that Jamal Murray, you want him healthy when it's time to win games. And he's not even back playing for Denver yet. So um, I think they'll, they'll have a good chance. Again, it all depends on hopefully your best players are not in a contract year and they won't play because they don't have a guarantee on a new deal. But, you know, it, it looks like everything is, is coming together. But, again, it's it's hard. I mean, the other countries are used to playing and the best players playing on their team in that environment. Canada has always been having to beg half the guys and the other guys who aren't as talented uh, would die to play for the country. So, you know, in the 23 years I've been here, um, Canada's always struggled internationally because there are definitely too many cooks in the kitchen on on uh, advising the, the Canadian players. Uh, Butch, uh, some other big basketball news this coming out of L.A. And uh, LeBron was in a little bit of a firestorm firestorm down there with the uh, with the GM uh, Rob Balinka. Uh, started at the All Star game where he started uh, suggesting he might be headed back to Cleveland. Certainly, that was a big story. Uh, what's going on with LeBron down in L.A.? Uh, what did, how did that all blow up, Butch? Well, you guys are smart enough to figure that one out. I mean, it starts <laughs> with his last name is Davis. So they take Davis, they get Davis to come over from New Orleans. They have the same agent. And right now, Davis is 30, 40 pounds overweight. He can't even get up and down the floor. I mean, when you guys get off the show, do a screen search for Davis at Kentucky, rookie year at New Orleans, and look at him now. So, you know, LeBron should be, you know, sailing off into semi-retirement. And let's say he needs to be good 50, 60 games a year, and Davis takes care of 70. But right now, Davis hasn't taken care of 15 games. He's injured. He's overweight. It's a bad scenario. It's as bad as uh, Zion down in New Orleans. I've never seen young players be able to carry weight. Kareem, you know, you guys might have heard me say this. I heard Kareem say it: skinny in and skinny out. And it, it was the wear. It's the wear and tear that it puts on him. So he's got his money. So if a guy won't keep himself in shape when he has his money. I don't think a franchise has a chance. Hey, Butch, I agree with you totally. I think it's the way to take care of all the money in their pockets. You look at uh, <laughs> again. You look at Zion down down in New Orleans. Zion, four hundred pounds, I heard. Yeah, well, whatever he weighs, it, it's just a matter of these guys. The uh, the entitlement of, of making all this money, thinking that they can do whatever the. Uh, whatever they want, and yeah. uh, with the LeBron James things, it's just more or less. It's uh, I know as good as a player as he is, and that's both the player, not management. Uh, he made a great deal of bringing Davis over, but bringing Westbrook over and tying up all that money 
uh, and in the salary cap world, uh, I think was a big mistake. And I know he's uh, he's got his uh, feathers ruffled a little bit by not making Lou, any moves. Lou, there. unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> our producer Owen is uh, buzzing in my ear. <laughs> the witching hour has arrived. Ten o'clock. I've got to cut it short. I apologize, Butch. You know how much we appreciate you coming on, Lou. Thanks so much for joining us, Naz. Always a pleasure doing this uh, with you. Uh, to all our listeners, have a fantastic week, and we'll be back here again next Sunday morning. Thanks. Take care, guys. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.